Welcome to the Shine Shine Geek the Shine Geek and Fast Fret Podcast. Done. Well done. Okay, we're gonna use that. <laughs> celebrations and that's even closed down now. yeah they didn't survive the pandemic they, they said they weren't getting paid enough they went on strike and they said okay all right we're closing her down now the, th the thing to understand and someone brought this up with me was that you remember during the, the during the shutdown the government handed out money right so they handed out SERP or CERB or yeah, so they, they, there was for businesses. There's two two levels. There's one where they just gave you money, okay, and there was also an option for a loan, right? And the loan I think was for a larger amount. Like well, if, I, the, if this isn't, I didn't a, think if, they were giving anything to anybody. Wasn't it just we're going to give you this money, but we're going to get it back from you? Well, that's how the loan worked. The other money didn't work that way, but you got taxed on it. Yeah. Okay. So, and the tax was at like 45% or whatever it was. <laughs> we won half. Well, we were taxed. Like, but if you made no money during the pandemic. Right. And your income might've been at here. Like just say your income, your, your yearly income was 50 grand a year. Right. It was just arbitrary number. Right. And then you got the CERB part of like for the, for the businesses. And you only made 20. And they gave you 10 grand. Right. For example. But you didn't make fifty grand that year. That year, you made nothing. Right. So your taxable income was only ten grand. Right. So then it wouldn't have mattered. But if you were able to, would come back from the pandemic and make your money back, which some people did when things were open, and you made your money back, you because people were waiting so long for services like hair and whatever, mm -hmm. you might have made a lot of money once you reopened because all those people that have been waiting for a year. Yeah. Right. Influx. Yeah. A massive influx. And hair was one of those things that was not allowed to open right away. Yeah. And you saw some of the people out there with hair that wasn't done. Yeah. Like Justin Trudeau. I remember there's always pictures of Justin Trudeau <laughs> with his unkempt hair. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, what I was going to say was, um, we don't have that problem. So what happened was, so some people like that's not enough to get by. Right. Right. So then you had the option of applying for a loan that you would have to pay back. Yeah. Well, the loan. So when celebrations closed their doors, that was the timing of when those loans were due. Cause you didn't have really have oh. to pay them. So when they came back from the pandemic with quarter capacity, 10% capacity, right. You, you're, you're still running at a loss. Right. So you were running at a loss when you weren't open at all. Like you still have to pay your rent. I mean, maybe you're not paying the employees because they're not working and maybe they're just pulling pogey or whatever. Right. But you still have to, you still have to, you have to have rent you have to pay. You still have expenses. So then when you open up, you're opening up at 10% capacity, quarter percent, like 25% capacity. Because you're open, you still got all your bills to pay. You yeah. got to pay your staff. Yeah, that's. That but you're not making hard, any yeah. money because you're not bringing in enough people to right. make money. So then you're at 50% capacity. Well, you're still not making money. 
Then you're at 75%. So you're still waiting. So there's that whole, there was that whole transition of like a year where you're opening and you're not making any money. Right. But this loan is still going to come due. So now you're at 100% capacity. I don't know if I'm going to go out. I don't know. So, and so, and so they're, so they're still not making money. So a year after the things have been, are gone and then people are allowed to go out and experience dinner theater or whatever, it doesn't matter. The movie theaters, whatever, all these different places, right? Your loan is still going to come due. It's still coming due. It's still coming due. And that can't, that come due was this year. Right. So they, so now they're, they're further in the hole, further in the hole, further in the hole, further in the hole. So not only are you further in the hole, but now you got to pay that money back that you borrowed. <laughs> that you don't have. That you don't have. So the money helped you stave off the creditors, pay your rent, that sort of thing. So you've been able to pay your bills, so they went but to you, still owe, you still owe the money for the loan. Like you haven't been able to get caught up in the loan. So there was a two year period where, where, where nothing was happening and people were nervous about going out the theaters, people, the, nobody was seeing movies. Dinner theater would be the same thing, right? Nobody's going to shows. It's taken a while. People are starting to go to shows again, but it, it's been like three years now. So they had to, to go, was it chapter 11 or chapter whatever it is for bankruptcy? Yeah. So, so here's the thing we have to understand. And I'm not saying, I'm not being anti-union or anything like that, but what I'm saying is the consequences of things are that, okay, these loans are due now. Everybody wants to get paid more. Right. But the business at that point, I don't think they've made their money back yet. Right. So, but, but that's assuming that they've been running. So if you make an assumption that the business has been running lean, lean <laughs> the whole lean. time. And, and, I, and whole, I'm going to be right. honest. I don't think celebrations ever made a lot of money. Because if you look at the production value, the amount of actors, servers, staff that you have to pay. Right. And the tickets really are not that expensive. Like yeah, it, not bad. It's like a hundred bucks for two people. Yeah. That's you go to Costco. Yeah. So if they're running lean and then all of a sudden all the employees ask for more money and we're going to strike if you don't give us more money, like th there's a certain point where Companies are lying about the profit line, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, we made no money last year. But then there's also other businesses. And I'm not saying I have no idea what their financials are. I'm not going to assume. Maybe they were super profitable. Maybe everything I just said is not true. Maybe they did really well when everything was shut down. They found a way to make money when everything was shut down. Maybe they did. I, I don't know. But there's a lot of businesses that closed during the pandemic and they couldn't figure out how to make their business profitable. Right. So if they're declaring bankruptcy or whatever it is they did, or they said, look, we can't pay you guys more. We're still trying to make our money. Like, I, I don't know what the situation is, but all I know is sometimes when you say we're going to strike, we're thinking of unionizing we're thinking of striking. We're not making enough money to survive, which is true because right now the price of everything has gone up and everyone is suffering. But if you're trying to squeeze blood from a stone, like that's why people see, that's why people left certain industries 
during the pandemic. Well, did you see this, the, the, the auto strike that's going on? The automakers? Yeah. No, I'm not, I, no. Like these, these guys are making a killing. Like they've made money okay. hand over fist. Okay. Now this, this is, this is, uh, this is, I feel is an opposite scenario where these auto companies get all these buyouts, right? The government throws money at them. They, you guys have to keep running and it's, and it's not, it, that, it's that free the, money. That was the last time, the last time that, that the recession hit, they got bailed out. I think Ford was the only one who didn't said, no, no, we don't, we're, we're good. Mm -hmm. uh, for handouts. Now, when they're refusing to pay their people and they're obviously a profitable and it's, we know what's going on in the car industry now, right? The car companies are making so much fucking money. It's ridiculous. So for them not to pay their people. Yeah. But, but and, again. And, and right now with, with the strike going on, it, it stops because what they were doing is they're pumping out vehicles like no tomorrow, mm -hmm. you know, trying to flood the market. I mean, Toyota, you know, good luck trying to find one of those mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, Honda and, you know, all the, all the Japanese, um, market vehicles. I don't, I don't know what, what they did. I was a chip shortage or whatever. They just haven't ramped up. Yeah. The production. Chip yeah. There was like, multiple I, I was containers of chips that sank, that sank or so the story goes, although it's a nice convenient story, just like when the fuel when the fuel industry says, oh, we've got a shortfall, we don't have enough fuel, we have to raise the price, like, we're, we're not making any money here. I don't believe the oil industry for a second. No. That's, to me, that's just one of those things where shareholders, profits, and, you know, the CEOs getting these big fat bonuses and bullshit, and everyone else is starving. So do you uh, think, do you think that was happening with celebrations where the owner of celebrations is just making all this money. I mean, it's possible. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you have to have the like show. Maybe they were. You have to have the show and sell tickets to be able to get that. I mean, we were lucky to be able to, to get probably one of the last shows. Yeah. Uh, that we went to, uh, before they, they closed up shop and th they were a great place to go. Like if you wanted to, you know, have a, you have got the dinner theater going on. So the, the servers would come up and, and be your server and they would also be acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time and, and you had a meal on top of that and it was great. And I, I think, and I think the servers like, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to be devil's advocate here. So from the server's perspective, I'm not making enough money to put food on the table at home. Well, and, and if that's the case, then maybe your business shouldn't have been open. So like if you can't afford, starving actors. yeah, if you can't afford to pay a living wage, to the people. See, I'm, I'm coming around. I'm coming around to it now. But if you can't afford to pay a living wage to your employees and you can only afford to pay them minimum wage, then maybe you shouldn't be in business. I don't know. It's, like, uh, like, like, it's, it's crazy. I mean, like you said, it's just, it, it just compounds. I mean, during the pandemic, people, you know, weren't working and the ones, um, who were probably in the service industry kind of had a wake up call going, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Like, where's my life going? That's so the other then, side of so it So now though. all of a sudden there's a shortage of servers because now they're saying, you know what, we're going to find other jobs because 
The service industry is going to shut down. So if you're in the service industry and you're working in the service industry and the service industry basically shuts down during the pandemic. You still got to eat. You still need a job. And then you go back to work in the service industry. I think the business is hard hit for sure. However, you can declare chapter 11 and, you know, and, and then move on. Right especially if, he's, if you're incorporated, then the owner of the company is not liable to pay that back. The company is liable to pay it back. Yeah, what's if you incorporated or... But, yeah. but that employee still has not, is still way behind. They're further behind than the business would be. Okay, so, so this is probably where this all came out is, oh, look, we worked for you for a while. Everything's back to normal. It's time to start paying us more. The company says, well... If I'm if I'm not making a personal profit of a certain amount, and I can't afford to make my hundred grand a year, or whatever the owner was making, then I'm not going to take it out of my pocket. So I'm just going to shut the doors. If that's what happened, which from what I'm hearing is that that person still made money, and, and you know what, that's probably what it is. Well, I mean, the, the price of food, the price of transportation, everything went up. So the person who owns the business has to <laughs> has to raise the prices. Yeah, just for that portion. Never, never mind, mind the employee. People, yeah. yeah, but if you, but it's the thing is, when you raise the price too high, then people stop coming. It's and I don't think celebra- sword, and right? I don't think celebrations was doing sellout shows all the time. I don't know. So they they probably weren't making the profit margin they wanted to make. It's like people who work seasonal work. I mean, you work, you get a bunch of money. That money's got to last you until next season. Yeah. So if if Celebrations is is doing, you know, so many shows, when they're not doing shows, they're rehearsing. So but they still need to be paid. Yeah. So they're paying them even though there's not people there to go to the show to get paid. So I, I don't know. There, there's a dynamic there. I don't know how they do it. I don't know if, whether they borrow money and then they pay it off or how that all kind of cycles. But I'm sure I'm sure they had a system that was working anyway. You know what? I think I just want to side on the side of the employee. I don't like companies. Yeah. Well. <laughs> don't. And yeah, because I mean, I was trying to like, I was trying to look at it and I was trying to play devil's advocate. And, 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 and I heard things like that the staff had to supply their own costumes and stuff like that. Like there was no budget for, for, for like wardrobe and stuff. Well, that's, yeah, it's budgeting. That's but I mean, thing, but. I don't know it, it, but it's like, it's the same thing as being a music as, as being a musician. Like we pay for every, like when we went out and played, we pay for everything. Yeah. We, we don't have anything supplied for us. You know, you know what somebody was saying? There was an interesting comment on Twitter where people talk about like the, the actor strike, right? And the writer strike going on in Hollywood and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're totally being taken advantage of, right? Like it's just, it's, it's one of those industries that, that's really shitty. I but thought the writers were the ones who made all the money. No, the writers make nothing. Oh, okay. No, the writers it's, don't. It's not like music. Like if you write music, whoever wrote the music is the one who gets royalties no. in music. Like royalties. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but there's no royalties but there's being no ro- paid anywhere. Well, in music? Not really, no. Oh. 
That's why we're getting point zero 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 one cent for every stream. <laughs> like nobody's paying royalties anymore. They found a way. They found a way around paying artists for their music. That that wasn't there before. That just that just makes those record companies even fatter. Yeah, just fatten up those wallets. Oh, we're losing money. Yeah, you guys have. If you ever bought a car. And yeah. talk to a salesman. Yeah. Oh, well, we're not making any money. Bullshit. They you don't have this friggin' Taj Mahal. It, what did you do? Just pull it out of your ass? Yeah. No. You, you, you know, oh, we're not making any money on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me another story. Go to Medors, as, as they would say. <laughs> Go to Medors. Where the hell was the last time you heard that term? Uh, no, I've never heard that term. Go to Medors? What's Medors? I don't know. That was back home. That was back east. I don't know if it was go to hell or go to Medores. Who the fuck is Medores? <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't sound maybe, like a good person. Maybe it's maybe it's in a, a dictionary in out east. Maybe it's yeah. a maritime dictionary thing. <laughs> maritime dictionary <laughs> thing. <laughs> Do you own your? Uh, remember we used to had to go buy our what was it? Le, Laurent. What's the name of the, the library? Uh, Seacord. No, no. Laurent Seacord. <laughs> Laurent. Laurent. Bonjour, Laurent Seacord. No, no. Uh, Laurentien. Laurentien, that was the dictionary we had to buy every year for... Lucien. Lucien? Laurentian. Laurentian. No, those were those markers. Those are the... Those are those pencil, pencil crayons. Pencil crayons. I don't know. Lucien. Laurent. Oh, Laurent. my God. La Rousse. La Rousse. La Rousse. That's what it was. La Rousse. La Rousse. There we go. Yeah. Okay, wheel of topics. One more. One more. One more topic. We don't live stream very often. <laughs> Can you tell? Yeah, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Share. Mishmash mosh. All right, let's remove this one. Okay. How many spins? Rolling, rolling, rolling. Two. Because there's two dunderheads in this room. Right, got it. What are we going to get? We didn't even really do the overrated, underrated. We hit Celine Dion, and that's all we hit. Oh. What oh. song's been ruined for you by a cover band? Ours or someone else, which song became better? Sounds like a Corey topic here. Sounds like he put this on. Um, okay, so so I, I think what this is, is you're at a bar, there's a cover band playing. The cover band plays Comfortably Numb, for example. How about Pretty Woman, Van Halen? Redone. Where it's, where it's better? Instead of Roy Everson, yeah. So do you think Van Halen's version is better than Roy Orbison? It's rockier. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? We've played the Van Halen version so many times that I actually prefer the Roy Orbison version. Now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've, I've just, I've, I've found a love for Roy Orbison later on in life. Hmm. Okay. Pretty woman. <laughs> you had that weird. I don't know. I can't do it. Yeah, he had those weird eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what song has been ruined for, ru- ruined for you by a cover band? So for example, for example, I've seen some pretty shitty cover bands in my day. You know th- those cover bands where you're like, you, you're not even paying attention. Like we've seen some, like, some good cover bands and we've seen some horrible cover bands. But when... Uh, I've seen many bands do a 
Tragically Hip song. Okay. And, you know, some cover bands will make a song their own. Right. And some cover bands will do it exactly. Right. Or try and do it. And those are both good. Right. But there's the ones in the middle where they're trying their best to sound like the original and they're not even coming close. Okay. So instead of going, they're going, they can't even play it properly. Okay. So Tragically Hip is probably the one that gets ruined most often for me oh, that I've seen bands play live. We play some of that stuff. How are we pretty okay? You guys are good. No, you guys are good. <laughs> Here's, now, here's now, now, who does a cover? Right. That, but the other half of this is, which cover band is have you seen play a song better than the original? It's almost like you'd have to have a list. This song, this band played it. This but you don't song, even have to say the band, but have you ever seen a cover band do a cover, like do a song so good you're like, oh my God. Uh, the Foo Fighters. Hmm. They were doing a cover? Yeah. Oh. They've done a couple of covers that are... Their covers are actually really good. Now, do you remember a music Van video? Halen. I've seen the Foo Fighters do Van Halen, right? Remember they're playing Van Halen with uh, Wolfgang. Yeah. That was, was really good. Now, would I say it was better? Well, well not maybe not better. Not better, but it was very good. Very good, very yeah. good. Do you remember a video of was it? It was a, it was a video within a video. So it was a Loverboy video, mm-hmm. but they had this three-piece band playing "Working for the Weekend," and it sounded like shit. Do you remember that? Okay, like shreds. No, not shreds. shreds no, no, it was an actual. It's actual. It's actual video for not "Working for the Weekend," but it was one of their new songs. Okay. Uh, Loving every minute of it? No. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember. But anyway, the working for the weekend part, the, the, the band that played that, it sounded like crap. Wow. They're like, they're like swinging. <laughs> it just, it was <laughs> with the horn and uh, it was just terrible. <laughs> but that's not a real band who played yeah. a cover, so. I would, there was a band that we used, that we used to go see. I can't remember what they're called. If if it comes to me, I'll remember. I know, I think the guitar player might have been Paul McNair, who now sings for Streetheart. Okay. Um, I think it was Paul McNair band. Uh, all I remember, the drummer used to not wear a shirt and used to have b- two black electrical tapes over each nipple so you couldn't see his nipple. It like two X's. Really? Yeah, <laughs> which is funny. Did he put tassels on The drummer face? may or may not have been uh, Brent Fitz. I don't know. Or Brent Fitz or the other a famous Winnipeg drummer uh, who played in Shake Naked. Um, he might have been in that band. The singer was phenomenal. He was Mike Patton level good. Mike Patton from Faith No More. Okay. Where his vocal range was ridiculous. And they what they did... Oh! The, 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 um, they were called like the Recyclers or something like that. But what they did, they specifically did covers, like everyone else is doing. Every cover band was playing Mark Lavoisier, it doesn't matter. But they're always trying to recreate the cover identical, right? But they didn't. They reworked all the covers. Okay. So they might do a reggae version of a rock song or a rock song, rock version of a reggae song. They would always flip shit. And I'm pretty sure Paul McNair was the, was the guitar player. Right. 
but they used to do that all the time. That was their, their shtick was they would reinvent instead of just doing covers. Exactly. They reinvented every song they did. Right. So they did, you know, that song, Oh, what a feeling, what a rush. Yep. Remember that song? Yep. But they used to do it, but they used to do it rockier. And they used, and, oh, they were so good. But the other band, which was um, Harlequin. Yep. When Harlequin would play without the singer, they were called the Choir Boys. Okay. We've seen them play a bunch of times. Yeah. They had two singers. The bass sing- bass player would sing, and the rhythm guitar player would sing. And they did a cover of "Comfortably Numb" with both guys singing. One guy would sing the higher part, and the other guy would sing the lower part. In my opinion, now this is not going to be popular, but they did it better than Pink Floyd. Really? But I'm not a Pink Floyd fan. Oh, okay. So. The comfortably numb good song and i hear it and it's like yeah that's a really good song but when i saw them perform it because they performed it they were closing their eyes and they were like getting right into it you know so i'd see them play and it's like holy shit this is good and i didn't even know it was a pink floyd song at the time so i'd hear see them play it play it play it and eventually like, somebody told me what the song was because it wasn't a pink floyd guy and then i heard oh this is pink floyd okay i don't you know, actively went and sought the song and I'm like, wow, this, I didn't enjoy this as much as watching Harlequin do it. Well, Baker Street is a good song, but I think Foo Fighters redid it and that's the version that we play and it is a lot rock. What's Baker Street? Which band is that? Um, I don't know. Baker Street? Baker Street. Baker Street. Someone else probably already knows this. Baker's. Not Baker's. Huh? It's not a Baker's. Baker Baker Street. Baker Street. Jerry Rafferty? Yeah, that's it. That's the original version. Oh, okay. You guys do this song now? Yeah, but we do the Foo Fighter version. forward here. Huh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And there's a there's another one that we're gonna be doing. It's um it's a rockier version of another tune too. Okay, I you know what? I think now I remember why I I think I might have put this on. Um, the, you put it on what? The um, okay. Do you remember this song? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ready, Steve? Uh huh. <laughs> oh my god. Brian Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you know that song, right? Yeah. Fucking great song, right? Yeah. Brian Adams? Right. Have you heard this version? Okay. No, this isn't it. (laughs) It's even lighter. (laughs) Actually, that's a pretty shitty version. We can put that on. (laughs) 
Okay, that's not bad, actually. <laughs> just not the one I meant. Yeah, it's just kind of the music version. Um, <laughs> now I can't find the fucking song. Um, Is it like more, uh, more an upbeat, upbeat version? Is that what you're looking for? Oh no! It was it was a dance version. Uh, Boys of Summer. No, we're, we're doing a version of Boys of Summer. But, See, but not Boys of Summer. But not, not the Eagle version. Okay, I can't find fucking Jesus Christ! I can't find the stupid thing. So basically, it was a dance version. Oh, oh. Zeba Zeba. <laughs> but it was it was just they didn't do anything. But this isn't okay. Well, I'm totally think that it sounds the same, you mean? Um just kind of a redo. Maybe I should put cover. Because there's people doing good covers of it alone. Uh, oh, you go on YouTube, there's there's some wicked people who play. Oh, listen, somebody's like, oh my God. I don't think I'm going to find this. Hmm. No. Oh. Oh, that's not it. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I guess I can't find it. Anyway, there was a cover of Alone by Heart. Okay. How will I get you alone? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Boy, I'm really squeaky there today. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Raspy. Um, anyway, they did, like, okay, Ann Wilson, I think we can all agree, is probably one of the best vocalists of all time. Mm -hmm. Power, range, grit, very professional sounding singer. Yes. With lots of emotion. Yeah. So imagine a version. So someone decides to cover that song. Right. Who's not a good singer. Okay. What's the point? Just for their own entertainment? With a uh, Casio drum beat underneath. Baby, I'm all that I want. It's in there, my arms. And then, you know, when she hits the, like the... How do I get you alone? Right. You know, when she hits that fucking alone, right. it's that crazy note. Really high. And note. they're like, how do I get you alone? Alone. Alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the point? Uh, maybe, you know, when you're practicing it or if you're doing it for yourself. Yeah, that's fine. I if mean, you're singing in your car, anytime, singing along. Anytime you learn a song, it's like you don't know it right off the bat. I mean, you, you kind of have to play it. I mean, if you play by ear and if you've heard the song enough times, you can replicate it. But if you're, if, but if you're starting out and you're just trying to learn it and you don't have the vocal range or if you just don't have the vocals, you know, you're not, you're not a person who, who normally sings, it's going to come out different, obviously. I mean, I've... I mean, when you listen to, to, to some of the songs that, especially when you're younger and you have no experience whatsoever, I mean, it sounds like, you know, nails on a chalkboard. I'm actually looking at worse covers. <laughs> mm. 
worst covers? Oh my god. No, I can't find. Uh, I thought I could find something good here, but maybe not. But I mean, like the other one was like uh, Britney Spears doing um, "I Love Ro- Ro- I Love Rock and Roll." Atrocious. Oh. I'm not even going to play it. It's not even well, worth it. Well, you know, we're looking at actually playing that song. I think. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Anyway, so much it. for that. To it sticks and what doesn't. Sure. So much for that. Let's remove this. Okay. Well, I'll do one more. Why not? How many spins are we doing? Three. Just going to town. The fuck is that? It's all in. Oh boy. Richest musicians born in Canada ranked. Well, this will be good. I didn't put that one. I did. (laughs) All right. I got to find it though. (laughs) What's with the WS9367900? That's the website. Oh, okay. Wheel of Topics. All right, I gotta find it now. Here, you talk while I find it. Richest musicians born in Canada. Well, Brian Adams would be one of them, I'm sure. Boy, this is gonna be hard. There's a lot of good bands in Canada. I mean, Rush. I don't know how much money they're worth. They gotta be worth a lot. They toured. My God, they. I don't think they stopped touring. They've been touring since, what, the 70s? Now that they're done, it's like, what do you do now? Drive the wives crazy. You're always home. Go back (laughs) on the road. Get out of my hair. (laughs) Oh, my God, where is it? Uh, It's not on here. Maybe it's on here. Keep talking. I was trying to think of the other bands. I mean, well, there's Street Art and Triumph. I was watching um, on YouTube. It was one of those vocal teachers. Oh, okay. And it was one of those first-time viewing type things. Oh, okay. So she was watching Triumph live at uh, Montreal. Was that uh, Zaroff, Elizabeth Zaroff, the um, red hair? Um, reddish hair I'm not sure red brown hair no I don't think it was probably one of the other ones but oh I found it but here. yeah she was like oh wow like just the, the passion and the just the way he can sing and, and, and control his voice and then when he gets in the guitar he does a solo it's like it's just it all kind of melds together okay I found the list here that was Rick Emmett yeah Rick Emmett oh I think that was Zaroff because she was like yeah okay uh, I only listen to Elizabeth Zaroff. She's the only one. She's She's got chops. Like, some of them are... Did she do Sounds of Silence? Yeah. With that guy, that uh, yeah. metal guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I sent that to mom, actually. Okay, so 21st most... What would we say? Richest Canadian no. musicians no. born in Canada. And we know these ones. Well, I'm curious if you do. That's the oh, whole idea okay. here. So number 21. Okay. Robbie Robertson. Okay, I've heard the name. 50 million. Robbie Robertson. He was... Give me a song. Give me a song that he's done. He was in the band. Okay. Okay. That's old. That's Remember old, the song, old, Take old a Load band. Off the Band. Take a Load Off the... Take, take a, a load, load for free. 
Take a load off, Granny. Oh, Granny? Granny. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the line is. Then take, a, take the load right off on me. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it's not the lyrics, but yeah. Anyway, but he also had a solo career. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. That's an older, it's not mentioning what he did. Who's next on that list? Um, okay, next. Oh, Jesus Christ. Guess. Oh, Celine Dion? Oh, oh, she's going to be at Shania higher Twain? Up. I don't know. Number 20, Mum's Nemesis. Oh, and Murray. Murray. 50 million. <laughs> We're not even going to go into this. You got like Burton coming. Fucking. <laughs> yeah, this is Mum's Nemesis. We've, we've talked about this a million times on the show. Yeah. Let's just say. And Marie is a four-letter word in the McGinnity household. Yeah. We're not even going to talk about her. Let's move on. And I didn't not, know she had that much money. It's not A-N-N-E either. That's the four-letter word. No. <laughs> uh, number 19, Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she would have been higher than that. I mean, she ran Lilith Fair, which was like Lollapalooza, but it was like all female artists. Okay. Made a ton didn't, of money. Didn't know she did that, but okay. Yeah. That's what gets her that high up. Number 18, Mylène Farmer. French superstar Mylène Farmer actually hails from Canada. She was born in Pierrefonds in, in Quebec. She started her career as a model in with blah, blah, blah. Pierrefonds. That just, just goes to show like the the French market for music is, is massive. Hmm. Um, never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never heard of her either. Number 17, Alanis Morissette. Yeah. I thought she would have been way higher. Yeah, She's at 60 pill. million. Yeah. Okay. And we all know we we don't have to talk about how ironic or yeah. not ironic. Number 16, Avril Lavigne. Higher than Alanis Morissette. Avril Lavigne. She's Canadian? I didn't realize she was Canadian. Yeah. Okay. Used to be married to Chad Kroger from Nickelback. The band that some people just hate for no. some reason. Number 15, why. Ryan Peake. Good music. Who? Ryan, Ryan Peake. No idea. No. That's the guy here. It's like those millionaires. I don't know like, who. who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know who these people are. No idea who that is. Okay. Oh, he's from Nickelback. Oh. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. Well, uh, number fourteen. Why is he so special? He's just a guitar. Well, he's just—he's the guitar player. He writes songs, so he's oh, getting royalties. Okay. So right. he's writing their songs. Okay. Brian Adams, yeah. number 14. He's only at number 14. Wow. He should be fucking like top five. Why do you think so? Estimated at 75 million. Well, hey, that's good. nothing to sneeze at. Chad Kroger at 13. Okay. Estimated 80 million net worth. Wow. 12, making, Michael Buble. Making bank. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Buble that's, for that's sure. no surprise. I didn't think I, he'd be ahead of. I think he'd be higher than that, wouldn't he? What do you think so, right? But hang on. Number 11, Paul Anka. Is he even still alive? I don't know. Good question. Paul Anka. He started his career at 15. Wow. So he's at 80 mil. Okay. Is Rod Stewart Canadian or American? No. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, this one's good. This one's going to make you laugh. Number 10. Okay. William Shatner. Fuck off. William Shatner. Yeah. He's released a whole ton of albums. Really, but they're they're I talking. Think, but they're talking net worth now. Is it based on album sales? I don't think this is based on. Uh, I wrote. Album sales. I wrote a song, but that's not what I'm known for. <laughs> but I got all kinds of money, so I, I don't know. 
I think I heard one of his songs and he was like talking in it. It wasn't even singing. Yeah. Yeah. So this is based on on their net worth. It's not necessarily based oh, on Okay. Richest musicians, right? It doesn't have to all be money from Okay. So he's calling himself a musician. Okay. Number 9. This one surprises me. Joni Mitchell at 100 million. Surprises you? Well, I didn't think she was making that much bank. Joni Mitchell. Big money. Well, she's received 10 Grammys, three Juno Awards, and a Kennedy Center honor. There you go. Also has the uh, Order of Canada. Number eight. Well, you're not going to be surprised by this. David Foster. Producer extraordinaire. Okay, he's a producer. I was going to say he's not a musician. Yeah. I know of. Songwriting credits include Earth, Wind, and Fires, After the Love is Gone, Peter Cetera's The Glory of Love. He was the guy that was producing Peter Cetera. Hmm. Uh, several songs for Chicago. Mm-hmm. He also wrote Tears Are Not Enough. And the themes to the 1988 and 2002 Winter Olympics and the 1996 Summer Olympics. Um, he has produced music for Michael Bublé, Celine Dion, and Brian Adams. Okay. Like, you don't... Yeah, I'm surprised he's, not hired, to be honest. He's a producer, so he's making bank. Big producing, time. yeah. There's more money in producing than there is in anything else so he's 150 mil wow neil young at number seven at 200 million i didn't think neil young was doing that well i knew he was doing well but like wow it's probably overall yeah well, i mean he toured lots oh fuck number six what your nemesis in mine drake <laughs> drake whatever <laughs> whatever he's good at what he does but that's a lot of money. I don't even think he's good at what he does. I think he's horrible. Really? I heard my first Drake song a few months ago. Did you? And I'm like, really? This this is the guy that's... Pulling in uh, bank? Uh, like, that's why I'm not on Spotify <laughs> is because he's on every fucking playlist. Best yeah. rap, okay? Best reggae, yep. Best rock, yep. What? <laughs> Best country. Best Celine Dion. Drake's on the playlist. <laughs> Whatever, I, I can't stand him. Okay. Number five, Dan Aykroyd. Oh, then the Blues Brothers. Yep. Okay, well, he's, he's got money. It wasn't. He's got money. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't all from music, that's no, for sure. No, that's not. Number four, Justin Bieber at 285 million. Jesus Christ. Wow. But, but he's saying also he has business ventures, lots of them, including a deodorant line, a fragrance line, a clothing line, clean water tech, and Crocs, Vespas, Timbits. Timbits, yeah. That? Bieber yeah. bits or whatever they call Bieber called? bits, yeah. Number three. Wow, The weekend. Okay. I think he's a pretty talented dude. I didn't realize he was that high up in the, like, ahead of, like, fucking Brian Adams. There people, but I think what's happening now, back in the old days, as a musician, you made money off your music and that was it. But these people are multi, like they're doing clothing lines and a whole bunch of other things, right? And they're getting sponsorship deals. Yeah, sponsors, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but back then, you might get a sponsorship from like Marshall or something or Fender. But I mean, it's not worth like a hundred million, but... Like people like the weekend are getting that kind of bank, right? Or I'll give you a hundred million if you wear uh, Adidas, you know. Yeah, well, advertising advertising's big now. 
Number two, Shania Twain at four hundred million. Yeah, but she's there. You go. She had the Vegas residency, yeah. whole bunch of other stuff, and she also happens to be married to Mutt Lang, producer. Yeah, the guy who did all the Def Leppard albums. Okay, so you know, number one, Celine Dion at eight hundred million. Jeez, and her heart goes on. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Anne Marie. <laughs> yeah, well. you think I'm the greatest entertainer in Canadian history? Are you though? <laughs> I don't think so. Self-proclaimed. All right, we should probably cap it here. It's like fucking ten o'clock. Ah, okay. We did two hours. Two hours of nonsense. Two hours of nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Yeah. Say the website because people, this is what people wait two hours for. That's uh, seanmcginnity.ca. That's S E A N M C G I N I T Y dot C A. Ribbed for your pleasure. I don't know why it's ribbed. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Cockering. I don't know. I just <laughs> felt like saying it. <laughs> I don't know. All right. All right. Well, it was kind of family friendly until the end, but okay. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We threw the F-bomb a couple of times. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, all social media at Sean Geek Podcast. And uh, we'll see you guys on the flip side. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week. And bye. Have a good day. Hey gang, Sean Geek here. And Fast Fret. And we have two storefronts. If you are a Public fan, you can browse our inventory over at Public, which is tpublic.com forward slash Sean Geek Podcast. Or redbubble.com slash people slash Sean Geek Podcast. You can get anything from either storefront from t-shirts, stickers, phone cases, accessories of all kinds we're talking masks notebooks mugs pillows totes tapestries oh my oh my <laughs> everything's there <laughs> just go to those addresses also check the show notes and help support the show thank you goodbye bye